The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of, of Wrestle Popcast. And you can follow Wrestle Popcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net. And you can follow Wrestle Popcast at Spreaker.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And you can follow me at Twitter, WPopcast1, and at Facebook, Wrestle Popcast. And you can order my teas, Wrestle Popcast at Teespring.com. And tonight, my special guest is. Beer City Bruiser, how's it going? I'm going pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, so, what have you been up to lately? Uh, you know, stable, stable, drinking beers, punching <laughs> I was li- I'm reading your Twitter feed, and you were up to something. What was that all about? I <laughs> know. Uh, I was just planning stuff for the future and stuff, and a little joke about my friends. All right. So, um, growing up, um, you were a big Bruiser Brody fan. Oh, definitely, yeah. So, it was Bruiser Brody and Cactus Jack the ones that got you into pro wrestling? Uh, Bruiser Brody was the one that got me into it. And then, um, through my love of him and, and just watching wrestling and whatnot, uh, I found, like, the Freebirds. Um, so, I became a big Terry Gordy fan, a big fan band, big little fan. Um... And then ECW happened to come along, and that's when I found Cat Jack. And man, like the stuff Foley did was just amazing. Uh, so I really got on board with that. He was definitely, he was, uh, for sure, the reincarnation of Bruiser Brody. And um, you know, got to watch him and stuff like that. And then uh, you know, I filmed with some Scott Hall and. But full, yeah, like, when I when ECW came along and I got to see some Cactus Jack, like, I, I felt like a seven-year-old kid all over again when I first saw Brody. I would have been, too, because he was a beast. Oh, definitely. Um, so you were trained by uh, Trevor Adonis. Correct, yep. I started training with him, and then after about uh, three years, I uh, moved to Missouri and trained under Harley Race. So I always say I want to... Grade school and high school with Trevor and uh, college with Harley. Hey, that's pretty good as well. So, um, what was uh, your involvement with Harley Race during your training, and what did you learn from him? And did he um, tell you some awesome stories? Oh, I got to hear stories every day. Um, the school, he would get to his office at like ten a.m. Um, and training wasn't until like five, so I'd show up at his office around like ten thirty. Um, you know, just to do like stuff around the, the office and help him out and stuff and he'd always have his old booking books from when he used to book wrestling at the Chase and the St. Louis market and he'd pull those out and he'd flip through them and he'd, he'd explain the cards to me and like I'm talking like the debut of Kurt Hennings Rick Flair Terry Funk stuff like that so he got to like I heard a ton of stories from him and uh, training with him man it was like he taught me how to the business side of wrestling you know he taught me the, the worth to find the value in yourself so you're not just in the same, you know, same spot on the card every single day. You're actually moving up and moving to different areas and making a name for yourself. Hey, that's pretty good as well. That's a great teacher to learn from as well. And I bet he also taught you how to be humble in the business as well. Yeah, uh, the first thing Trevor and Harley both taught me 
was always be humble and be respectful. Um, wrestling was here before me, and it'll be here long after me. So the time that I have here, you know, just be very humble and very respectful. Um, and that's what's gotten me so far in, in my career, you know, um, respecting those that came before me and being humble and, and appreciating the position that I'm in because not everybody can be in this position. And also when you were training over at Harley School as well, um, you worked with uh, Curtis Axel and uh, Katie Siren as well. I sure did. Um, Curtis Axel, uh, Joe Henning, um, when he moved to Missouri, I'd already been there for, I think, about a year. And uh, we just became really good friends. You know, I'm from Wisconsin, he's from Minnesota, so kind of the same area. And uh, we just hit it off right away. And we drove each other to be better. Um, we, camp would always go from like five to eight, and we would always stay there, you know, till nine, ten o'clock at night, just because we wanted to keep working on whatever we were working on. And then what was really cool is there was like a twenty-four-hour gym that we all used to go work out in. So we'd go get some dinner, go work out, stuff like that. He became one of my really good friends. Um, and then Katie, she wrestled there. Um, she's no longer in the business, actually. Uh, we dated for a little bit. Um, and we have a little girl named Aurora. We're no longer together, um, and she's out of the business, just kind of being a mom right now. That's pretty good as well. Um, let's talk about your first match with Mike Medallion. Yeah, that was a that was a good time. Um, talk about nerves. I mean, I still get nervous before matches, but I mean, this was I've been training about three months at that point in time, and they thought I was ready, so uh, it was in front of a crowd at a little bar called uh, Hog Alley here in Delafield, um, which is still around, it's a great bar. And uh, I went out and lost to a DDT. Uh, what's funny is my mom was there, and, and I sold the DDT so well, she thought I broke my neck and started to cry. <laughs> Did she really? So she's probably out there going, oh no, not my boy. <laughs> yeah, and, and now it's funny because she's seen me wrestle so many times, she's just like, oh, you're not believing, you're fine. <laughs> so how supportive was your family when you decided to become a pro wrestler? Uh, they always knew I was obsessed with it. Um, my mom, when I was a kid, tried to ban it from her house one time because my brother and I would, would just goof off and uh, my brother's elbow ended up going through some drywall in the house. She told me we weren't allowed to watch wrestling anymore. And uh, when Ultimate Warrior beat Hogan at WrestleMania 6, I used, my bedroom used to be in the basement and I got so excited to start jumping around and screaming and stuff and then I looked in the doorway there was my mom she's like well I guess you're gonna love this and I was like I guess so I used to um, I collect comic books and I used to take the wrestling magazines and stick them in my comic books so I could read them they just thought I was buying comics when really I was buying wrestling magazines with them um, when I first started they were real supportive they are like you know if this is what you want to do just give it your all uh, my parents have always been supportive no matter what we do as long as we're doing something that we love and we're passionate about. That's pretty good. Well, since you read comics, I'm going to ask you this question. DC or Marvel? Uh, I like them both, but if I had to choose, it would be uh, Marvel. Uh, the simple fact is uh, Daredevil is my favorite, um, along with The Punisher. Um, those are the two that growing up, I always loved um, was Daredevil and Punisher, like, collecting those comics and stuff like that, which is great now because um, the Marvel comics, um, now you have the Netflix series, Daredevil and Punisher, all my comics actually went up in value, which is really cool. Not that I'm going to sell them, 
for you know I've, I've been collecting them for so long. Um, in fact, my name, my my real name is Matt, and I'm named after Matt Murdock of Daredevil. That's pretty wild as well. Um, well uh, since you were like reading wrestling magazines and collecting comics as well, did you ever collect any of the Daredevil or Punisher figures? Oh yeah, uh, I collected all that stuff when I was a kid. Um, now I don't have room for that stuff, but I'm on the road so much I don't really collect them. You know, I, I want to, but I just don't. You know, it's hard to travel with them and stuff like that. I don't really have room for them right now. But I know once I get out of wrestling, I'll probably start a collection of statues and, and figures and whatnot. Hey, if you decide to do that after you're done with wrestling and all that, you should do a uh, documentary video of your collection. That would be wild. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> They're like, what? Besides drinking beer, he's also a geek? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. uh, that's pretty good. Um, tell me about you and Simon Dean. Um, I was actually his um, like debut on Monday Night Raw. Um, I got booked to be an extra and uh he was doing the whole simon system and i was in the crowd as a plant and he called me in the ring and made fun of me so i pushed him down trashed his set and ended up you know taking me down and putting me in a, a submission hold um it was the first time i was ever an extra for wwe so that was really cool it's a big milestone moment and uh to this day i still talk to him he's a really cool dude uh, that's pretty good as well um and then um when did you become part of uh ring of honor uh, my tryout for Ring of Honor was in October of 2014, and I was in the top prospect tournament in 2015. Um, so I've been with the company ever since then. Um, I've been under contract now. I'm on my third contract, I believe. So I've been under contract for going on three years. I've been with the company for going on four. That's pretty good. Um, I've seen you wrestle live several times in Columbus. Yeah, Columbus is a great time. In fact, I think I wrestled Cheeseburger there once. It's one of my favorite matches I've had with him. What was it like to get in a ring with a skinny Cheeseburger? Cheeseburger is great. Cheeseburger was my first feud in Ring of Honor. So um, him and Will Ferrara always have a special place in my heart because when I first started with Ring of Honor, um, my first singles... um, Yeah, speaking of Chris Jericho, you were also on this podcast, and you got to meet him over um, at his Fozzie concert. What was that like to hear him play with his band Fozzie and hanging out with him afterwards? Man, Fozzie is awesome live. If you, uh, if you ever get a chance to see Fozzie live, go see it. Um, I mean, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you're just a music fan, Fozzie's awesome. They're that old school rock and roll um, high energy uh, Jericho obviously from wrestling is a great front man um, seeing them live was awesome and then hanging out with them afterwards was pretty cool doing the we did the podcast about an hour and then I hung out with them for another two or three hours afterwards and we were just drinking vodka and got drunk and had a good time you know introduced him to my wife and a couple of my friends and stuff like that and he was real accommodating real cool dude and then on the cruise to see them I saw all the concerts they put on the cruise and it was just, it was amazing. Like, Fozzie Live is 
I bet it is. I've seen them several times in concert as well, and I totally agree with you as well. Um, also at Ring of Honor, um, you worked with Silas Young as well. And what's your guys' chemistry together in the ring? Uh, Silas and I have known each other for going on 18 years now. Um, he started in wrestling training about an hour north of where I started training. So coming through the independence and stuff, we were always together. Um when I got he he had obviously been in Ring of Honor Ring of Honor longer than I have. So when I got there, you know, a friendship was already there, and he kind of showed me the ropes of what it's like to be on the road full time. Um, and then they decided to put us together as a tag team just to see if it work. And like we had chemistry, and it was awesome. Um, and I loved traveling with him. I, I you know, uh, learning from him. He's got a whole unique look on just wrestling in general. Um, and what you see on TV is what you get in real life. Like, there is no difference between the Silas Young character and the Silas Young the man. Like, it is the exact same thing, which makes for a lot of fun when you're going through airport security and they screw something up because he just starts yelling at them. I would love to see that. That has to be priceless just to see him yelling at some TSA agents. <laughs> oh, it's great. It is fantastic because he, you know, like I said, he is what you see on TV is what you get in real life. Oh, I totally agree. Um, I've seen you guys, you know, wrestle live together and you guys are on fire in the ring. You guys have some uh, crisp, solid matches. I mean, you wrestled a lot of great tag teams, especially War Machine. Yeah, War Machine was great. Uh, I credit War Machine actually getting my job with Ring of Honor because in July when they, uh, July of, uh, 2015 when they put Salas and I together, it was against War Machine. And we had such a great match that they ended up putting it on TV and letting us feud with them. And it was I was able to showcase a lot of stuff that I'd never done before. It's like the frog splash, I kind of gotten out of my repertoire of moves. And it, it came out in that match, and now it's back to being my finish, <laughs> you know, um, just because everyone's like, wow, you're, you're such a big guy. It's so agile. Doing that frog splash is amazing, so... Uh, work at War Machine is great. I'm happy for all the success they're having right now on NXT, and it's awesome. Yeah, and speaking of your frog splash as well, you did a frog splash on Jay Lethal and broke his ribs through a table. Yep, that was, um, I don't think that's what broke his ribs, but I think it was all the splashes in the corner on the keg that broke his ribs. <laughs> <laughs> they abused him. Um, but he got his revenge, though, because uh, in the last man standing match with him and Silas, I put him on the table and went to go him again and he rolled out of the way and I ended up going through the table. That's pretty wild as well and when you carry that keg, is that keg full of beer? Uh, it used to be full and then I kind of drank all of it so now it's kind of full, like there's still a little bit in there. Um, that's why I've been bringing beer with me to the ring because that's a great pre-workout is beer. Oh, it definitely is. Um, you also worked in Japan as well. Um, tell me your experience over in Japan. And also, uh, did uh, Japanese fans pay you to spit beer on them? <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Um, the Japanese fans are awesome. I cannot put over the Japanese fans enough. And uh, spitting the beer on them and stuff like that was great. And then them coming up afterwards, you know, and paying me to do that was just a, a, a trip. Um Going to Japan was amazing. Um, being a fan of Brody and stuff like that, that's where Brody made his name. Same with uh, Cactus Jack. And going over there and like kind of etching my little my little segment in Japan was a lot of fun. Uh, three really good matches. I got to wrestle Goto Hiroki, who uh, 
he's a Japanese legend. You know, he will be a, an eventual Hall of Famer. Um, great guy, too. Um, and then I got to do uh, work one of the young boys and help him out. And then I got to be in the ROH title match with Dalton and Trent. And uh, I actually did that with only on, like, I think five or ten minutes notice that I was going to be in the three-way. So it was very short time but a really good match came out of it that's pretty good as well so what do you think about cody the bucks and all them uh coming up with a uh, all elite wrestling uh good to them you know if, if it works out I, I hope they they you know are successful um you know um wrestling with them you know i've had matches with all of them you know and i've had good matches um i'm glad they found something they want to do and they're trying something new it's a great time right now to be a professional wrestler or to be a fan because there's so many different avenues to get a job as a wrestler and so many avenues for wrestling fans to get wrestling. So you have WWE, uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, and now AEW. And uh, everyone thought there'd be a big hole in Ring of Honor with them leaving and stuff like that. But after our TV tapings and our house shows that we had earlier in the month, 2019 is going to be good. Like, we're not missing a step at all. We got some of the best TV coming up. Um, you couldn't even tell those guys had left. Uh, all the newcomers kind of stepped up. All the guys that have been there knew, hey, we got to step this up. Um, but I wish all the best to the Bucks and Cody, you know. Hopefully this AEW thing takes off and, and they're successful and, and it keeps going. Yeah, it's pretty good as well. Same here. Um, what's um, the writing on your wrist tape? Um, I have what's written. It's called Bupa, B-O-P-P-A. And then uh, the initials JB. Um, and then on my right hand, I have the initials JB and then the initials TA. Um, the Bubba and JB are for my father-in-law, um, Jim. He passed away in 2013, and he's the reason I'm in Ring of Honor. Um, when he passed away, you know, he always pushed me and stuff like that. And when he passed away, he left money in his will that the only way we could use it is if I used it to go to the tryout in, uh, to Ring of Honor. I ended up doing that. That's how I got my job and stuff like that. And my kids, um, they always called him Bubba. He hated being called Grandpa. He was always Bubba. So that's why I put that on there. And then Trevor Adonis just passed away last month. Uh, or actually, at the first the first of the year, we lost him. So to pay tribute to him, I write the TA with a broken heart because he was a heartbreaker. And they're always with me in the ring, and they're always with me when I travel, and I owe them everything. That's pretty good as well. How'd you come up with a uh, Beer City Bruiser? Um, um, when I got back from Harley's, I was wrestling on the independents under my name, my real name and stuff, and kind of just going to different independents and working as hard as I could. And there's another guy here named Nick Colucci that was kind of stuck in the undercard. Uh-huh. And he goes, hey, man, like we have good chemistry together. We should form a tag team. I said, yeah, no problem. We formed a tag team. We were trying to think of a name. And he's like, you know, we need to think of something. And I'm like, well, I've always been a fan of Bruiser. Like Bruiser Brody and Bruiser. So i something Bruiser. He's like, yeah, yeah, I like that. And he's like, we should be like just what we do. And I'm like, well, dude, all we do is drink beer and fight. I'm like, well, there you go. Let's be beer something. And then, obviously, Milwaukee is the Brew City. So we became the Beer City Bruisers. Well, he ended up getting hurt and... Uh, retiring for a little bit, so I took the name Beer City Bruiser, and then when I went to the Ring of Honor tryout, they're like, hey, you should drop your real name and just be Beer City Bruiser, and the rest is history. That's pretty good as well, and I know you love your beer a lot. Um, you found the world's largest six-pack as well. 
Yeah, actually, my wife found that for me. Um, I didn't know it was there, and I didn't know it was in the state of Wisconsin. And we were driving um, through lacrosse to go to a, an independent wrestling show. And she goes, you know about the world's largest six-pack, right? Says, Nobody's talking about it. all right, so we ended up taking a little bit of a detour, and I filmed a video and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, uh, every time I go up to Minnesota... I bet it is. I need to make me a trip up there to get a picture and do a video of myself, too, because I'm like you. I love my beer. And the best part about it, it's part of a brewery. You can, like, go in and get beer and look at this giant six-pack. Oh, that is wild. I bet you probably got a huge buzz, didn't you? <laughs> oh, definitely. It used to be an old-style brewery, and I don't know what it is now. It's like an independent brewery now. So you can do like a brewery tour and stuff like that with it. I haven't done that yet, but I, I plan on doing it. So since you drink a lot of beer, what's your favorite beer of choice? My go-to beer is Miller Lite, just because I'm from Milwaukee and I like to represent. But my favorite beer is called Yingling. Um, it's out of the East Coast, and I think the furthest you can, the closest you can get in the Midwest is parts of Ohio. Um, in Wisconsin, we can't get it. So it's one of those things where it's my favorite because I don't have it all the time, you know? So, like, whenever I go out east or, or go to a city that a town that has it, I always order it because it's amazing. Um, I'm also a big fan of just finding what the local beers are, you know, if there's a local brewery or something like that, and giving those a try and, and see what I like and don't like. Yeah, um, another great uh, beer. If you ever get a chance, if you ever wrestle out in the West Coast in California, uh, try their 805 beer. It's pretty good. Okay, I will. Um, also, and speaking of Yingling, um, I live outside of Cincinnati, and um, I've had Yingling beer all the time, and I totally agree with you. It's some great beer. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I found out about it on my honeymoon. Um, my wife and I were wearing Brewers jerseys, and another couple saw us and said, oh, and they, you know, we're from a small town walker, so I'm like, so am I, and the guy goes, hey, have you ever tried this kind of a beer guy, too? Have you ever tried this, this beer called Yingling? I said, no, he goes, do it, it'll change your life, and ever since then, I've been doing it, and, and I'll bring a case or two back with me when I'm on the road and give it to all my friends, and now they're all obsessed with it, too. That's pretty good, too. And another uh, new beer they got around, um, you know, out here in Ohio as is, is well, you need to try out, too. It's called Ron Geist. Okay. Yeah, that's some... I'll definitely do that. Heck, yeah. I love this, man. We're talking wrestling, comics, and beer. What a podcast. <laughs> that's life, man. What else do you need? Oh, exactly. So what was your most memorable moment in your career, and did you have any regrets? Um, I don't have any regrets. Um, I'm pretty much taking as many chances as I possibly could because I don't want to live with regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite moment, probably, I mean, I've, I have so many. Um, the Jericho Cruise ranks up there, wrestling in Japan and Cork and Hall ranks up there, uh, meeting Mick Foley for the first time ranks up there. Um, my first match is really good. Um, really excited, you know, signing my first contract with Ring of Honor uh, ranks up there. You know, so I, I got a lot of highlights and stuff like that. I can't really just say, oh, this is the greatest memory I had. I, I just have so many good ones. So since you got to finally meet uh, Mick Foley, what was it like for you? And uh, don't be lying, I bet you were marking a little bit. <laughs> well, I had I had a moment. So the way it worked out is he was on the Jericho Cruise also. And 
I was like, all right, I'm going to finally meet him because I've never, you know, going on 18 years in wrestling, I never met, you know, a guy. I want to, I want to shake his hand and thank him, you know, like for everything he's done because he was such an inspiration in my career. And so when we boarded this ship, I was sitting with Jay Lethal in the artist lounge, and I'm looking around. He's like, "You're looking for Foley, aren't you?" I said, yeah. He goes, "Well, he's here. I just texted him. He's on the boat." I said, all right. So I figured, all right, he's on the boat. I'm going to run into him. Well, by the second day, I'd seen him. I was getting a little nervous. So I looked at the, the schedule, and I saw that he was doing um, stand-up, uh, his stand-up. So I was like, all right, I'll go to a stand-up. And then with our badges, our talent badges, we have, we have access to everything on the boat, backstage and stuff. I'm like, I'll go backstage and I'll meet him. And... His stand-up actually got switched because he wanted to watch the wrestling. So they switched it around, so it was, it was really weird. But uh, anyways, after his stand-up, I went backstage and I was waiting for him. And he came walking over. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to meet him, shake his hand. And he walks up and he looks at me and goes, oh, you're the Beer City Bruiser. Your match with the Briscoe Brothers, I just watched on TV, near perfection. And I, I was speechless. I had nothing to say because I, in my head, you know, you go over, okay, I'm going to say this, I'm going to do this. Him saying that to me kind of threw me off, and I was like, oh, hi, Matt. He's like, I know that I just said that. <laughs> so did you guys have a... To kind of get my words back, because he's thrown me off. <laughs> um, so I ended up talking to him for a few minutes, actually quite a long time, and then it turns out we were in the same meet and greet the, day, the next day, so we ended up going to the meet and greet together and, and just talking. It was really cool. So did you drink a beer with Mick? No, no, he had seasickness. I found out the reason that he wasn't all around with the artists and stuff is he had seasickness the whole time. So he was in his room basically the whole trip. Um, the only time he really came out was to the meet and greets and the stand-up stuff. Otherwise, he spent all his time in his room because he was sick. Oh, wow. That had to suck as well. I know since you've met Jericho once, I bet you bumped into him in a cruise again. I bet you guys went drinking again. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We hung out the whole time. In fact, uh, I'm his dad's favorite wrestler, so I spent more time with his dad than I did Jericho, which I'm fine with because I was a hockey fan, too, and his dad was a legend in hockey. Yeah, he was. He was a professional hockey player as well. So what was Chris thinking about it, how his dad was marking on you? <laughs> Oh, he loved it. He, he's the one that introduced me to his dad. He, he loved it. He's like, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to embarrass my dad, but the Beer City Bruiser is his favorite wrestler. Like, we just drank beer and had a good time. And I saw his dad, like, every day. And, and you know, had a bunch of beers with his dad and a bunch of drinks with Jericho. Like, it was awesome. Hey, that's priceless. Drinking of Jericho and his dad, man. I bet that was probably one of the most awesome uh, moments you've had in your life so far besides of all the great moments you've talked about. <laughs> dad, his dad is the coolest guy in the world. Like, just so cool. Down to earth, you know, and, and just a great guy. <laughs> That's pretty wild as well. Um, I got another question for you. I always ask this to my guests. Um, if you can change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? Um, I get rid of all the fans wanting to know the inside terminology and the is this real, is this not, is this a work, you know, like go back to just enjoying it. Um, like when you go watch a movie, um, like I said earlier, you know, we're watching, you know, not a Daredevil and Punisher on Netflix, yeah. when you're watching the Punisher series, like 
obviously the Punisher is not killing all these people or he would be in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one ever questions, oh, he's doing that. But yet, if it was the Punisher in a professional wrestling scenario, they'd instantly call him out on it. You know what I mean? And I, and I wish it'd go back to where people didn't worry so much and, and just enjoyed it, you know, like they used to in the 70s, 80s, and even in the 90s. You know, um, I love magic, and I love watching magic with, like, magicians with my wife, because she's always trying to figure it out, and she, and she can't, you know, and I'm like, well, I try to figure it out, just enjoy it, like, it's amazing, if it's done right, it's amazing, and that's, that's what I like about wrestling, you know, nowadays in wrestling, we have to go out of our, we don't have to say go out of our way, but we gotta figure out ways to make people forget that what they're watching you know, isn't the real thing. It's, it's entertainment. We want to. We got to make them forget it's entertainment and make them realize, hey, it's, it's still a sport. I totally agree with you as well, and especially you like in magic as well. Uh, one magician I try to figure out and I can't figure it out is uh, between David Copperfield and Chris Angel. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and there's times where I'm like, okay, that's cool. I wonder how they did that. But then I catch myself and I'm like, no, because then that. Once you know how it's done, it kind of takes away some of the magic, if you will. <laughs> oh, I totally agree with you on that as well. Um, also, where can um everybody uh, follow the Beer City Bruiser to see what he's doing everywhere and also with the Ring of Honor? Um, they can follow me on Facebook, um, the Beer City Bruiser. On Twitter, I'm at BCB Winchester. On Instagram, I'm Beer City Bruiser. Uh, you can go to ROHWrestling.com. There's a schedule there. I also tweet out and Facebook out and stuff like that when I'm wrestling Independence and Ring of Honor. Um, if you go to the Ring of Honor website, ROHWrestling.com, you can click on their shop stuff, pick up yourself a Beer City Bruiser t-shirt or a Bouncers t-shirt, or you can pick up a koozie. Um, if you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Beer City Bruiser, I have a bunch of shirts there, um, they're up for sale. That's pretty good. That's pretty good as well. Um, also, um, I'm going to be going up to the upcoming Ring of Honor in Columbus in April. Are you going to be up there as well? Yep, I plan on being there. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in action. Um, oh, who knows? Maybe, uh, <laughs> um, maybe you'll do a meet and greet. <laughs> uh, people have been asking for it, so hopefully, Ring of Honor, you know, it's got to tell Ring of Honor they want it. I definitely would love to have that. If that ever happened, I would buy you a couple beers, my friend. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming out of your busy schedule to come on to the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. Good night. Hey guys, this is Mrs. Matt, the queen of merch at YoungBucksMerch.com. You're listening to the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Super Kick Ladies and gentlemen, this is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my special guest tonight is the Savage Gentleman. And Lady Frost. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Wow. Happy to be here. Nice to see you, hear you. All right. Congratulations on you guys getting engaged here at the Arnold. Thank you very much. So how many people were watching? Uh, 
there was a good fit. The whole row just pretty much stopped and stared and after it was over, clapping and congratulating. Alright, so how did you guys meet? We met at a fitness convention four years ago. We were sponsored by the same company. I was doing mixed martial shorts at the time. And the guy that was working the booth alongside my wife, or my fiance, future wife, introduced us and we stayed in contact ever since. So did you start um, mixed martial arts before pro wrestling? No, I, I was doing mixed martial arts since I was about 20 and just got into wrestling about three years ago. So is uh, the training a lot harder in wrestling than martial arts on the body? They're both equally as tough. One is not harder than the other, that's for sure. Alright. So Lady Frost, how did you get into business? like to uh, wrestle over at WWE against Asuka? Against Asuka? Uh, I mean Asuka, sorry. <laughs> she might kick your head off too if she knew you pronounced her name like that. Oh, oh that's oh, her. Oh, oh, that heat. <laughs> if she heard that, she'd probably be looking for me. <laughs> yeah. um, it was incredible. It was, it was an honor and a privilege, obviously, and the goals, obviously, to get back on the big stage. Nice. So how'd you come up with Lady Frost? Uh, they actually named me Jamie Frost. Really? Yep, that was their name, and we were doing a lady and gentleman gimmick already, so we just transitioned in and used the last name. And nice. Stuck with it. So when you were doing the whole frost, uh, was it off of you know comics or movies or? No, it just kept evolving. Whatever kind of um, you know came to mind and felt natural to me, but it's not inspired off any one character. Okay. Now the whole steampunk gimmick you got going on what decides you to go that way uh it represents the old victorian era because her and i are lady and gentlemen we live this way inside and outside of the ring but at the same time i'm a trained fighter and it takes it back to an era of gangster new york style the early 1900s where i'll shake your hand i'll punch you in the face and we can have a beer and a chat afterwards Awesome. So what are some of your guys' memorable moments as a duel in wrestling? What memorable moments for us? I mean, every show is a memorable moment, honestly. We take away something different from everyone you wrestle. We've been all over the country, numerous countries, and, you know, it's, it's an adventure every time we step in there together. <laughs> I just watched your match. That was neat how you ran up on top of the guy like stairs at the corner of the ring. Thank you. That is uh, a flying knee. You know, uh, yes. Something that I brought over from Mixed Martial Arts. That's awesome. I looked at that. I was very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, so who were some of your guys' feuds so far? Feuds? Uh, feud with a few people. Right now I'm currently in a feud with Colin Delaney at Revenge Pro. That's going to be a good match. Yes. Uh, him and I have been battling back and forth. It's a struggle right now. Uh, he played some mind games in my last match. It cost me the match. So I'm looking for my revenge. Nice. So who are you eyeing next in the ring? I have to take it 
take anywhere. Oh, I like that. Very cocky. I like that. <laughs> There's a lot of great talent out there. There is. Um, honestly, just new talent. Anyone that I haven't wrestled before. That's pretty good as well. So, what do you guys enjoy outside the ring when you guys are not wrestling? Uh, when we're not wrestling, we're either fixing our bodies, sitting on the couch trying to collect our thoughts, and getting right back up to head to the gym or go to another show. Nice. And by the way, you guys are making adorable couple. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. I know. He's over there giving that look. He's like, you better say something nice. <laughs> and like I said, uh, so what do you see yourself in the tournament over here? Oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to be the newly crowned Arnold Sports Best Champion. So, oh, I like that. Cocky and ready, huh? You Always. See, you see that belt right around your waist, right? Brand new and shiny. Nice. Lady Frost likes shiny things. So, uh, what about uh, Dark Star Matt Taylor? He may win it. He may. He may not if he wrestles me. Ooh, that's going to be a great match between you and Dark Star. It will be. Won't be the first time, and it won't be the first time I pinned him. Really? How many times have you pinned him? Just once, but it's enough. I bet you uh, Lady Frost can pin Matt Taylor. If she hits him with the icebreaker. Look at that, she's laughing. She's like, why are you asking me that question for? I am not afraid to ask certain questions. <laughs> guys been probably interviewed a lot um, what were some what's a question nobody has ever asked you guys before that you never thought they would ask you how can you answer an unanswered question one that doesn't exist if it hasn't been asked <laughs> well, it can be anything yeah. what's your favorite t-shirt <laughs> Thank you so. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for taking your time uh, coming on for this little short interview. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Right, anytime. Thank you. Boom boom, Cabana. Boom boom, Cabana. Boom boom, Cabana. It's Cabana. Hey, this is professional wrestler Cole Cabana, and one thing I would never do is hit the marks, which is weird because you're listening to Hitting the Marks. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Popcast. And my guest tonight is IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Champion and Junior Champion, War Respect Champion, the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. How's it going, Aaron? What's going on, man? Also, uh, just uh, a little tidbit of information. Justin Marais and myself are the American Lucha Wrestling Tag Team Champions as well. You know who's keeping track. I know. You got a lot of belts. <laughs> yeah, you got, you know, got me a nice little collection of championships currently. That's so, uh, things are going pretty all right. And it's pretty good as well. Um, I just saw you this past Saturday at uh, Battle on the Border 10, Night of the Champions, and you were in the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Um, what was yeah. that What was that like? Uh, battle Royals are always pretty uh, kind of chaotic. And, uh, you never really know what's going to happen. You never really know who you're going to be dealing with. Um, and you really don't know what, uh, what people's capabilities are. 
so they're kind of they're kind of they're fun, but they're also kind of stressful at the same time because you really, uh, like I said, you really don't know what's coming at you as opposed to you know wrestling a person one on one or even uh, you know like a triple threat or a four way or a tag match where you kind of have a little bit of an idea uh, at least of what you're dealing with um, in a battle royal the only thing you know for sure is you just don't want to go over the top up that's pretty much it I know, right? And um, you were getting it in on with uh, Cody Hawk, too. You guys were, like, beating the heck out of each other. Yeah, Cody and I have known each other a pretty long time. I think it's kind of like a, it just happened to be, like, one of those familiarity things. Like, oh, I know this guy. I've hit him plenty of times in my life, so uh, I guess I'll go hit him for a while. Yeah, that was pretty, yeah. it was pretty good watching you like that, too. Um, also, uh, you were also part of Heartland Wrestling Association as well, the HWA. Yeah, yeah, years ago, back when uh, Cody was uh, uh, booking uh, there, I was uh, privileged enough to be a part of of that roster, which uh, had a ton of fantastic wrestlers who have, a lot of whom have gone on to do uh, great things. Um, So it was it was a it was a great thing being a part of that uh, that locker room. I kind of grew up in a sense. HWA was my first uh, the first indie show I ever went to. The first live wrestling show I actually ever went to it was an HWA show. Really, what was your um, memorable moment uh, being part of HWA? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, let's see. Um, Myself and my tag partner Alan Wasilishan had a tag match with uh, um, Irish Airborne, uh, a, or David J. Christ, uh, or OVE, or OI4K, however you want to, however you want, whatever you want to call them. Um, we had a ladder match with them. We also had like a best of seven series with them, so we wrestled them a ton. But the ladder match kind of sticks out. We also had a cage match with them. Um, all those were uh, pretty memorable, memorable things for me. Uh, later on, I guess uh, in the um, uh, under different management, uh, I won the HWA title, uh, and that was uh, also a very memorable moment for me. Uh, wrestling Pepper Parks on a, a random Tuesday night was a big moment for me in HWA because. He was he and Matt Stryker were the main event of the first uh, live wrestling show that I ever ever went to, and they they tore it up. I always remembered that, so I always wanted to get a chance to wrestle both of them, and thankfully I did. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, a lot of a lot of random moments like that, getting to be in the ring with uh, guys like Chad Collier and B.J. Whitmer and uh, Nigel McGinnis. Uh, just you know, a, a laundry list of names that we got to that we got to work with uh, in HWA. So it's there's so many memories that I can I I, I can't even do them justice to to really bring them out. I, I mean, if I had a lot of time, I could probably go through each one. But um, but those are some ones that stick out to me. That's pretty good as well. And now let's talk about uh, this weekend. Um, you're going to be at the Arnold Classic at New Ohio Wrestling, and you're going to be in a match against the systematic Eric Fallen 
and a interesting uh, manager that's going to be at his side, Barnabas Specter of Darkness Worldwide. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, um, I don't really know what Eric's been doing um, lately. I have tangled with Eric in the past, um, and he's always he's always a bit of an enigma. Uh, so I expect nothing nothing less related than that. But uh, he's also just one of many matches that I'll be having on uh, uh, at the Arnold Classic with uh, New Ohio Wrestling because it's a uh, it's a tournament style. It's like a round robin tournament style. So I'll have quite a few matches. Um, but he uh, he will be the first one. So uh, I'm looking to go in, and it doesn't really matter to me who his his management or his uh, representation is to me. Um, that kind of thing never really has bothered me in the past because it doesn't really uh, matter to me who I got to who I got to kick in the face. If if you get in my way, I will I will kick you in the face. And I hope uh, I hope his management and his uh, his people are well aware of that. Oh, probably are. And also, who knows? Maybe you'll get in a ring with uh, Dark Star Matt Taylor. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I'm not sure if uh, we are we are in the same bracket or not, but uh, it's uh, I, I think it is likely. It's a, it's a chance. Uh, there's there's a lot of guys that are going to be there, and it's going to be a lot of matches. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be an exhausting time for uh, for me and the other guys involved with the, in the tournament, and, um, and I'm sure the. Uh, the owners of New Ohio Wrestling. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting for everybody. Uh, the Arnold is always a, a cool thing to be a part of in any way, shape, or form. Whether you're just uh, going as a spectator or you have something to do in it, and I am lucky enough to this will be my first time participating in anything at the Arnold. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and I expect to uh, make a a very good uh, impression and uh, hopefully uh, put some eyes on the uh, new Ohio wrestling product and uh, on myself. So should be a good time. I think it will too, because this is going to be my first Arnold as well. Oh really? Yeah. Like I, I've got to go as the, just a spectator and just going in and seeing things, but I've never been uh, behind the scenes, if you will. Um, but uh, but I'll get to be this year, and it'll be uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's always cool just to see uh, all the all the the cool stuff and all the 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 people that are there. Uh, the first time I went to the Arnold, I brushed shoulders with uh, Sylvester Stallone, which was awesome. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be there. There's going to be a lot of like. Uh, um, stars there. I mean, I know the WWE has been there the past couple of years. I'm not sure if they're going to be there this year or not. But um, it's it's a very cool experience. And I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. Like uh, like everybody who goes will. So who knows? Maybe you'll brush shorters with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, maybe maybe this year I'll uh, I'll get to see the Arnold. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and speaking of when I saw you Saturday night at Battle on the Border, um, I like that uh, Bloodsport t-shirt. That was pretty kick-ass. Thank you very much. Yeah, I got a lot of those random uh, older t-shirts. It's kind of like my uh, my thing. Uh, I really enjoy uh, just, you know, I enjoy 
nostalgia and I enjoy uh, the 80s movies and uh, I love martial arts movies and Bloodsport is probably my favorite my favorite movie of all time actually uh, so I got a, I got quite a few Bloodsport shorts at the shirts sorry shorts um, <laughs> I got that one and then I got a Chung Lee one and then I got uh, just another Van Damme one yeah and I got a Kumite one um, so yeah, I got quite a few I enjoy them and it's pretty cool as well. And speaking of blood sport, I know since you like martial art films, you must have also saw uh, Van Damme's other film he was in too, No Retreat, No Surrender. Oh yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen uh, No Retreat. I think I've pretty much like all of his earlier films. Like, uh, I mean, some I think I fell off um, around like the late nineties into the two thousand. So I might caught up on some of them, but before I guess. Um, I want to say Double Team with uh, him and Dennis Rodman which I did see that but uh-huh. I think everything before that I watched so I've you know I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Van Damme and myself and my dad used to watch his movies all the time so uh, you know Bloodsport Kickboxer Cyborg Double Impact Nowhere to Run Hard Target you know and Universal Soldier like all, all those movies I'm uh I love, and uh, any time one of them's on, or sometimes if I'm just sitting around the house, which isn't, isn't too often, I'll just pop one of those suckers in and just uh, get lost for a while <laughs> in, in the, the genre, uh, and, you know, just, it's good times. Yeah, it is, and another one you forgot about of his, you probably have seen it too, was Black Eagle. Yeah. Yeah, Black Eagle. I've got like three different names, too. <laughs> oh, I know, um, right? <laughs> uh, Lionheart, that's another great one. Um, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's pretty good as well. And since you've also studied martial arts as well, um, has that uh, helped you over the years of professional uh, wrestling? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it kind of made it to where uh, it made me a fast learner. Um, I think anybody who goes in... Uh, with with some type of combat sport in, in their back pocket, it helps them out a lot, whether it be, you know, martial arts of some kind or, uh, or wrestling or, you know, even football. Uh, like any type of, uh, you know, calisthenics or any type of thing where, you know, you've had to use your body as your instrument, I think helps you out a lot in, in professional wrestling and it makes it somewhat of an easier transition as to, uh, as the as as to just like learning it, like basically like uh, you know uh, blank blank slate, uh, having some kind of combat or some kind of uh, uh, athletic sport in your background always helps out a little bit. I think. I think so too as well. And then uh, not too long ago, um, I went to my first uh, War Ohio Hall of Fame show, and um, I got to see you in action in the ring when you went up against Storm Grayson. And you guys had a great match. Um, you guys were like on top of a ladder, and then all of a sudden uh, you fell off and went through another ladder, and that had to hurt. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was- Unfortunate to say the very least. I mean, we both walked out of that with with bumps and bruises. I think he, unfortunately, got the worst of it. But uh, I certainly had uh, had some some trouble as well. I felt that uh, that ladder bump for probably the next two weeks. Uh, but you know, still had to keep uh, had to keep trucking on and 
got titles to defend and matches to have and um, shows to make and money to make and everything like that. But poor Storm, he, uh, uh, whether you like the guy or not, he, he suffered a pretty big injury uh, that night. He almost, well, he didn't even get to go, he didn't even go through tables. He just hit a bunch of tables and uh, separated his shoulder real bad. Uh, I, I have no idea how bad it got, but uh, there was a. Uh, I heard some, some stuff about possibly how he might need surgery and everything like that. And uh, he's a talented young guy, so I, I certainly hope the best for him. Yeah, I hope so too, because I was sitting there front row. Because when he landed right through uh, those four stacks of tables, they didn't break, and he landed wrong. And you know, I, I felt that you know, and I wasn't even in the match. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, anytime you're in a match like that that involves uh, um, uh, other elements, uh, ladder, tables, chairs, uh, cages, uh, chains, anything like that, it it ups the the ante and it it basically guarantees that somebody's somebody's going to get hurt in some way. It may not be uh, career ending or. Uh, career sh- or career, you know, stopping, but it's definitely career shortening. No matter what, uh, like I said, I I took a, a nasty bump through a ladder, and uh, I, I mean, I felt it pretty extensively for uh, for about two weeks. But uh, the lasting effect is still is still going on. Like I still feel, you know, I mean, bumps over the years, and dozens of ladder matches, and and cage matches, and just you know, just wear and tear on on your body alone uh, just definitely makes it difficult to get up in the morning and and difficult to do what we do but uh, you know not not only myself but you know anybody who laces up a pair of boots or slides on a pair of kick pads and, and gets into a ring and takes it seriously and you know uh, does it at a decent level um, they're gonna they're gonna feel it <laughs> they're gonna uh, they're gonna you know, tear up their body and everything like that. Some guys can do it for a long period of time. Some guys can do it for short periods of time. And it just all, it all matters on, on your bump card, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's also talk about your, uh, clockwork orange character. Um, how, how'd you come up with that? Um, that was, I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because, it's not so much of a character as it is just how I how I felt or felt or feel in some ways in, in life. Like uh, the essence of the character is he got broken so much by you know just you know whatever life was throwing at him or whatever his career was throwing at him or whatever all these matches were throwing at him that everything just became. Uh, comical, if you will. So he he didn't see that the he doesn't see that the world has enough balance in it. So he just decides, well, then if there's not enough good in the world, then then I will bring enough chaos to force things to be better. Like I will be the bad, so that other things have to be the good. Uh, so he, in a sense, he, he felt so broke that he was like, okay, well, I will be the broken thing that makes everything else fix itself. Since you, uh, so that was kind of the, the driving force behind it. 
and I wanted the uh, the look I wanted just because I wanted something that people wouldn't expect from me, and uh, it's it's I mean it's kind of like I said it's kind of just art imitating life in a sense um, because I am a firm believer that professional wrestling is an art form and uh, life uh, throws all kinds of stuff at you sometimes and there's no better way to tell uh, to to vent or to uh, to express yourself and through through some type of art my art is wrestling so I took uh, a life as it was and I twisted it a little bit and wrapped it up in a package and said here's here's what it is and that's kind of where that has taken off to yeah it's pretty good and I saw you as that character for the very first time over at uh, Rockstar Pro when you were feuding with uh, Samantha Heights yeah yeah that was uh, I mean that, that was I mean that the whole thing um that I did at Rockstar Pro with with everything and I am doing uh, Rockstar Pro uh, and possibly other places with that is, you know, it's just, it's something different and it's something that I, I feel like I do well and I have a good time with and I feel like there's a lot I can do with it. And Savannah was one of those, uh, one of those things I wanted to do to tell, to tell the overall story uh, that I wanted to tell. And, um, the matches that I got to have with her and the story that I got to tell with her was a lot of fun for me and for her from what I from what I understand I mean it was dangerous and uh, <laughs> in a weird way we uh, you know we uh, we scrapped a lot and um, but it was it was uh, it was very cool and different and I, I mean I, I felt like it was uh, uh, needed for both of us uh, I felt like it helps her uh, in her rock star for her career, and it rejuvenated mine. Uh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was wild. I mean, I've seen some of your matches, and they were pretty good as well. Um, and there's um, two great matches of I like of yours we'll talk about as well. And this was all last year. Um, let's talk about the match where you um, were in the ring with Matt Riddle before he signed with WWE. What was that like? to get into the ring with Matt Riddle, who also has a martial arts background as well. It was very, it was very cool. Like I, last year I went through uh, a phase where I, I literally um, came to a point in my personal life and my career where I just thought to myself, well, you know, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to continue this. So, uh, I kind of made it a point to myself and to the people that I worked for uh, that, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to have another, you know, couple years in this business or, or whatever. So uh, there was some matches that I that I wanted to have before I, I stopped. One of those matches was uh, was Matt Riddle uh, in IWA Mid-South, uh, and Ian Rotten made that match happen. And uh, it was everything that I expected it to be. It was hard-hitting. It was uh, uh, it was an experience, and it was an opportunity for me to uh, kind of uh, show another guy who is you know he was a top name on the Indies. Now he's going to be a top name in the WWE at some point in time, and uh, it was it was my opportunity to say you know I, I can uh, I can definitely hang with you, and 
I continuously seem to get opportunities like that, and I continuously like uh, get to raise the bar and get to prove that yeah, I, I can hang with those guys, and I can be one of those guys, and, and my name should be among them. Uh, and this was no different. Like it's, uh, it's, it was. I think I do believe it was you know match of the night on that night. And, uh, you know, he, he had a, a good time with it, and I had a good time with it. It was, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's, um, I do believe it's the Strong Style Tournament uh, 2018 for IWA Mid-South. It's, you know, available on Smart Rock Video or something like that. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's definitely worth a view. It's worth your money, so... Uh, and also at IWA Mid-South, too, since you're the heavyweight champion, of course, the junior champ as well, you also have an open challenge as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I basically felt like I, I mean, I'm the only person in history to win the Ted, Penny, Ted Petty Invitational twice. Um, I'm a five-time IWA world champion. There's, I think, only like two other people that can make that claim. Uh, and I've only been in with the company a couple of years and I've already broken records and I've set records that people probably will never, ever, ever, ever surpass, uh, with that company. And that's saying a lot. I mean, uh, we're talking about a company who gave you or gave us Chris Hero or Cassius Ono, Cole Cabana, um, uh, Punk, DM Punk, uh, yeah, CM Punk, uh, a uh, laundry list of other guys. Uh, P.D. Williams. Guys got their, P.D. Williams. A lot of guys got their start there. Um, B.J. Whitmer. Um, Samoa Joe came through there. A.J. Styles came through there. Brian Danielson came through there. Or Daniel Bryan, whatever you, however you want to say it. <laughs> it, is, it is literally a who's who of professional wrestling. Uh, came through IWA Mid-South. A lot of them held the IWA Mid-South championship that I hold right now. Um Jerry Lynn held that championship. Uh, you know, there's there's a laundry list of guys who have made their their mark at IWA Mid South, and then went on to make their mark in professional wrestling. And uh, like I said, I've only been there a couple of years, and I've surpassed things that they couldn't even do. And I've you know been reigning uh, world champion and junior champion for. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think since Thanksgiving, um, and I've beaten everybody. Uh, I've beaten uh, Michael Elgin, and uh, I've beaten um, Nick Gate. Oh, I, I've beaten. I can't even remember all the people I've beaten. That's why <laughs> that's I've beaten so many guys. I've beaten legendary Larry D. I've beaten uh, uh, just a, a a laundry list of dudes. So. I eventually got to the point where I was like, "Well, okay, this just isn't. This isn't really. I need to be challenged. If I, if everybody's just gonna, if I'm gonna beat everybody, then I need other people to to step up and uh, and try and take and try and take these titles from me. And plenty of people have attempted to. None have which to be able to do it yet. So this Thursday, I have another match that I have no idea who I'm gonna wrestle, and I usually don't find out till the day." Uh, I'm rest- I, I show up there, or the moment that they walk through the curtain, uh, I wrestled Jason Kincaid 
and I had no idea who that uh, that he was going to be there. He's a international wrestling superstar, just a ton of guys like that. And uh, yeah, that's that's the basic story behind that is just anybody who wants an opportunity to to wrestle for one of the most prestigious and longest longest reigning titles um, in independent wrestling. They uh, they can knock on my door and I'll answer. We can throw down. Oh, I believe it too. Yeah. And also, you're not afraid to get bloody either. (laughs) No, no, I've uh, I've gotten bloody plenty of times. I've been busted open plenty of times. I've busted plenty of people open. It's uh, it's it's all part of the game, you know. Yeah, and speaking of Michael Elgin, what was that like to get in a ring with him? He's a pretty good uh, athlete as well. Oh gosh, Michael Elgin. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's easy to say that Michael Elgin is probably one of the uh, standout professional wrestlers in the world today. I mean, the guy is so good, and it's uh, it's almost scary. I mean, he's had five-star matches, according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, which, you know, people swear by. Uh, him and Kenny Omega um, at the G1 Special, or no, at the, uh, the U.S. title tournament for uh, New Japan uh, a couple years back. Just, just you know, just destroyed it. They've had ladder matches. I mean, he's an international wrestling superstar uh, for New Japan Wrestling, and uh, he's just he's incredible. Former Ring of Honor uh, world champion, uh, and he was one of the guys that was also on my list of people that I that I just wanted to, to wrestle. I just wanted to be in the ring with, and uh, I've since then I've wrestled him quite a few times. But the first time I wrestled him, uh, it was it was special because after the match was over, he took it upon himself to get on the microphone, and uh, nobody made him do it. Nobody asked him to do it, and he just did it. And he got on the microphone, and he basically had said that you know, I'm I'm the guy. I'm I'm am good. I'm I'm good at what I do, and uh, and the you know that's that's just it. And since then, he has been one of the few people who have uh, gone on Twitter and you know uh, put me over, if you will, and everything like that. I mean, I I've been calling myself the baddest man alive for. I don't know, like six years or whatever. And uh, I'm almost getting to the point now with the uh, the way I feel about how I am as a performer and the way people have told me, uh, guys like Michael Elgin and Matt Riddle and, and Nick Gage and guys like that have all done nothing but say how, you know, how good I am at what I do. I almost think the baddest man alive isn't even a, a fair um, nickname for me anymore. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's... It's pretty evident. All right, I'm I'm real good at what I do. I am the baddest man alive. So, what's next? So, what is next? And that's the uh, the main question right now. I'm standing on top of the world in a lot of ways. Um, IWA World Champion, uh, IWA Junior Champion, War uh, Respect Champion. Um, I held a title in in North Carolina. I only wrestled there one time. Walked out uh, as a champion. And, uh, you know, now we're going into this tournament at the Arnold with uh, New Ohio Wrestling, which I plan on winning. I mean, it's, it's just uh, the way it goes. And uh, so things are going going good. 
and they're only going to get better. So, you know, uh, keep your eyes open. That's all I can really say. And it's pretty good as well. And um, also speaking of War Ohio Wrestling as well, um, you're going to be um, at uh, War Green with Envy as well. And who are you going to be in the ring next uh, to defend your War Respect title? Uh, I do believe I'll be wrestling Cody Jones, who had a uh, who had a chair or a last man standing match with Orlando Christopher at the uh, the War Hall of Fame show. And man, I gotta say that they uh, they tore it up. They they went at each other in a, in a big way. So uh, I, I'm well aware of of Cody's abilities and what he brings to the table. And it's pretty clear that he's willing to do anything he can to win. Um, however, he's sorely mistaken if he doesn't think I'm willing to do the same uh, and capable of doing the same. I mean, he's he's a young guy. Um, and I'm sure he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, but been around for a long time, and I've I've tangled with uh, the best in the world, so I got some uh, I got some tricks up my sleeve as well. You know what else I wouldn't mind seeing you going up against Dark Star Matt Taylor and taking that War Heavyweight Championship from him? Well, I mean, it's uh, I don't know how the uh, the rankings work at War Wrestling, but if uh, if they're anything like anywhere else, technically, I'm a champion. He's a champion. You know, I think I have a, uh, a legitimate gripe to uh, to wrestle him for the World War title. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. That's pretty good as well. Um, you're also a big comic book fan, too, especially DC Comics as well. Um, so I know you've been like a busy guy and you haven't been, you know, like catching up on your reading of all that great graphic novels and comics that the DC universe has to offer. And, um, also what was your first comic you picked up and who's your favorite DC comic character? Um, the first comic I actually ever picked up and bought was, uh, was not one that you would expect. I'm sure it's, uh, it was, a. It was a Blade comic because I was a big fan of the Blade movies and I had never really been to a comic shop before. A buddy of mine took me to one and it was the most recognizable thing to me. So I, I bought me a Blade comic and I think I still have it somewhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly the best pick of, uh, of comics you can buy. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like anything to stand out or terrific or, or anything like that. But uh, it started me down the road of... Uh, of comic books and everything like that. And I, I didn't get into comic books till I was, uh, in my twenties or something. So, uh, it was, it was, it was a good starting point. But, uh, once I got going and, you know, I started reading comics here and there, eventually I found the character that, uh, that I would put my, uh, my money behind and I would start collecting stuff from. And that would be, uh, Nightwing, um, big Dick Grayson fan. Uh, so he's, uh, he's my guy. And I had a, I have a pretty good, a pretty, pretty extensive collection of his stuff. Um, but, uh, like I said, I've fallen off, uh, for the past couple of years. And I just haven't been able to, to catch up. And then every time I think I'm about to catch up, I hear about something crazy they're doing with him. So I don't. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So since you have a lot of Dick Grayson, um, comics as well. Uh, do you also have the series where he took over the mantle of Batman and he had Damien as his Robin? Yes, I do. I, yeah, the uh, 
the uh, Batman and Robin um, storyline that they did with him and Damian was, was a lot of fun, actually. And uh, I find it kind of funny that, uh, you know, in reading online and, and everything like that, uh, there's a lot of people that think uh, Dick was a fantastic Batman. And uh, that, uh, that in some ways he could have been a better Batman than Bruce was, which I don't know how I feel about that, but because I, I, like, uh, I like Dick as Nightwing. But I thought, I thought it was a very uh, entertaining run. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see it end, but, uh, but at the end of the day, I got, uh, I got Nightwing back for a little while. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, then they uh, fake killed him off, and he became uh, Agent 37 yep. in Grayson. Uh, and then eventually that ended, and uh, they attempted to kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think right now, I think they uh, shot him in the head yep. and took away a lot of his abilities, like his acrobatics and, uh-huh. and everything like that. And they're trying to change his name from Dick Grayson to Rick Grayson, which I just think is dumb. Um, I don't think you should mess with a character that's been around for nearly 100 years uh, just because you can. I think that's just stupid, in my personal opinion. But, uh, you know, I'm not the guy writing the comics because if I was, then I probably would have tried to kill him that many times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We um, we need to blame DC Comics and Dan Didio. <laughs> That's right. For real, Dan Dino. Yeah. Hey, I'm also, you better pick up uh, the uh, latest issue coming up of uh, Detective Comics number 1000, which is going to be coming up pretty soon. Oh, yeah? Wow, that's a milestone. You know, I have to go and see if I can get that one before it sells out completely. Yeah, because um, uh, this week, uh, Detective Comics 999 comes out, and it shows, you know, uh, Batman fighting a younger Bruce Wayne. Um, it's an oh, in- wow. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to picking up that issue, and then after that, that's when they'll do Detective 1000, and there's going to be so many different variant covers. Wow, that'll be cool. That'll be real cool. Yeah, I had to give you the heads up on that because I know you love DC, and I didn't want you to be like, "Fuck, man, um, I need to, I need to get one thousand. <laughs> okay, thank you for the heads up, sir. Yeah, that. you're welcome. So, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook. It's just Aaron Williams, um, and on Twitter, it's Planet Williams One, as in the number one. Uh, because somebody already had Planet Williams and I didn't, wasn't aware of it. <laughs> and Instagram, it is just uh, Planet Williams there as well. I use Instagram probably more than I use uh, anything else. Uh, on Twitter, though, of course, if you uh, if you talk to me, I'm going to talk back and I'll tweet back at you and everything. Um, but the best way to probably get a hold of me is is on yeah, it's probably Instagram, honestly. Uh, Let's see, I have a uh, Pro Wrestling Tees account. It's just, uh, you go there, you search Aaron Williams, uh, get a t-shirt, help me out a little bit. It'd be greatly appreciated. Support the Battlefield Live. Awesome. Um, and I think that's, I think that's pretty much it as far as, like, uh, the stuff on, on the internet. I mean, of course, I have matches and highlight reels on YouTube. Just type in my name, uh, put wrestle behind it, or wrestler behind it. And some stuff for me will pop up. And uh, maybe you'll see some of the stuff from Rockstar Pro that I've done with uh, uh, 
basically, I, I kind of call it the reborn gimmick, where I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm reborn and uh, new life and everything like that. There's some stuff there on there. Uh, I had a real good match with uh, Jake something. Uh, it's on there. Um, and then there's just uh, a, cu- a couple highlight reels. Well, one more question. You got in the ring with Jake something, man. That guy is a beast and great in the ring. What was that like to get in with, uh, get it on with a Jake something? Uh, yeah, his strength is it's something to write home about. That's that's for sure. Uh, he's uh, he's he's a hot man. That's really all you can say about it. He's, he's just I've seen him wrestle at war several times, and I've seen him online wrestle at Super Kicked as well. And then one more question before we get off as well. Um, will we be seeing you uh, wrestling with the Knight Riders again with uh, Dustin and Cologne? Well, um, Dustin and I are the uh, American Lucha Wrestling Tag Team Champions uh, in North Carolina. So, uh, yeah, I'll be down there with him and... I mean, the Night Riders are still are still a cohesive unit for the most part. We just uh, we don't have a, a cohesive home yet. Um, they're all there. Alex is doing his thing. Uh, Dustin's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. But we're all we're all still we're all still cool. We're all still uh, pretty much together. We just don't uh, we don't have a place to be yet. Uh, so hopefully uh, that. That'll change in some way at some point in time in the near future. But uh, you never know when the Night Riders will show up somewhere. Uh, so yeah, yeah, the answer is definitely yes. We're still we're still a thing. We're still going to be around. It's just uh, only going to be a matter of time, I guess. All right. And like I said, thank you so much for coming out of your busy schedule to come on to the show. Oh, no problem, man. It's a good time. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime. And everybody else, um, if you want to follow my podcast, you can listen to my episodes at Hitting the Marks Network. And you can also follow me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodcastCity.net, Apple iTunes, and follow me at Twitter at WPopCast1 and Facebook at WrestlePopCast. Everybody have a great night. Yeah.